how's it going? You're listening to Estranged, where we talk about film, and we tried to talk a little bit about film theory and psychoanalysis, politics, philosophy, theology, all the good shit. So I'm here with Helen Rollins, my usual co-host, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> welcome to, yeah, what would you say? Like, welcome to this, this hour is... of... This oasis of information and hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So the, um, this is 17th? Uh, I think so. I think so. I kept losing count. I think it's 17. Yeah, yeah. it's like a proper podcast now. Yeah. When uh, I think we were thinking at some point, like, doing, like, a second season and talk mm -hmm. about TV shows as well. That should be interesting. Mm -hmm. Should be, yeah. No, because when you said I was like, oh, but there's so many more films to do. But actually, you're right. There's loads of obviously very interesting TV shows. Don't you also think that maybe TV shows are like the mark of like the, the sort of new generation of media? Yeah, I think so. We were talking about this the other day about how um, I've been talking to a different friend who works in film mm. in a different area. And we had both been thinking, I think it's actually different maybe in the UK because... We had noticed it in the UK. There hadn't been that many films in 2019 that we were really excited about. Mm -hmm. And then you rightly corrected me and were like, no, but Annihilation was amazing and First yeah. Reformed and Mandy. And there were really good ones. But then I was like, is that 2018? Maybe just 2019. I haven't seen all of the good ones yet. But we were just kind oh. of, not like film is dying, but that. Yeah. I just well, saw, I have a few theories about it. But well, yeah. you told me that you thought maybe the only one was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah. I just saw it. And there's this sort of cadence that is just masterful to it. That you, mm -hmm. it's, it's just like, it's not just that it's good theoretically, but mm -hmm. it it's kind of, uh, I don't know. It, it All of its angles are very well polished. It's also mm -hmm. very beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. I, I kind of think sometimes that Tarantino is a little bit, not trashy, but like a little bit grungy. And I mm -hmm. thought this one was just like incredibly beautifully shot. Um, yeah. There's some no, of that in like Django, good, yeah. but I don't know. It just looked, it just looked amazing. Mm -hmm. No, it was, it was, and I think masterful in the sense that like uh, many people have like criticized it for being like overindulgent too long. And obviously there's the element of like, well, he's the person who's the exception that can prove the rule. He can do all this, but it's, mm -hmm. he's, yeah, he's kind of like, mastered the technique so much that he can kind of uh flip it a bit have fun with yeah. it kind of like use it in different ways yeah didn't yeah. you think that this one was also like unusually romantic for for him not romantic as yeah. in like romance but just like stylistically yeah i mean it definitely uh it was like to me um nostalgic for a future that didn't emerge because liberalism got in the way mm -hmm. <laughs> mind me reading too into it but like yeah i think it was uh like a, where the definitely... hippies didn't take over <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of hatred for the hippies right i mean uh mm -hmm. what's the rick dalton he's just like whenever he's yeah. just a hippie he's just like yeah. fucking hippies and just like cussing them out yeah and, yeah. But this is the thing I thought was really funny was like, uh, I think we're going to do, are we going to do a whole episode on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? We, we should probably do, do that, yeah. We should do an episode. Um, but, you know, to me, it was funny because you have all these like, um, um, in the, I don't know what term, like 
mainstream uh, Guardian takes. I mean, I obviously <laughs> that went viral of a Guardian. Yeah, the Guardian. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, but there's a the thing obviously in Cannes where the question was like, why doesn't Margot have enough lines to? Oh my but god! But it's almost like that liberal. I question. reject your hypothesis. <laughs> I mean, the liberal question is just so funny that it's like caught up in like oh gratuitous violence or misogyny or like smashing mm-hmm. a woman's face against it. It's like that is the least of your issues if you're coming at it from a liberal perspective like in -hmm. this film the liberal is the nazi the liberal is the slave owner you know that he's put his 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 kind of um apotheos like the climax of 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 all of his films is like the 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 absolute evilest person in this situation the nazis Mm -hmm. murdered the most terrible way and it's like well that's the hippies it's the liberals (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so it's um, like yeah um oh forgot forgot what i was gonna ask no never mind <laughs> sorry um i really you couldn't remember what any uh interesting mm, things no shit. oh yeah oh no i was just gonna ask you, you i was just gonna ask you if that was the article that said uh that we need to cancel quentin tarantino or like it's time to cancel quentin tarantino yeah i, I think i've started reading something but I get a lot of annoyment, as you know, Adrian. I, I probably regale you too much with my the annoyment that I <laughs> enjoy at getting irritated by stupid things. I just don't um, fucking... I'm not just, saying that I'm like, yeah. Sorry. I just don't <laughs> fucking understand, like, sort of like the the the, the sanitation of, of uh, mm-hmm. film that some people yearn for. Like, you can't well, have... Well, I have a mis- lot of takes about it. You but. can't have misogynistic people in, in, in films anymore. Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. Everybody know, has yeah, yeah. to be like, like moralistic in in film. Well, well, I actually wanted to talk about Children of Men today to yeah. address this very question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the idea of like why has the question of the personal is political, and obviously you know and how that relates to liberalism, mm-hmm. how it relates to the arts, how we have this aestheticization of so called politics. Mm-hmm. you know that that, that polish it's funny because i was i was talking about this the other day with somebody and i was like hang on a second is, is what i'm saying s- closer to the likes of you know the the stephen hicks cultural marxism stuff than i want to admit but actually i think you know there's an element of truth to all these kind of conspiracy theories yeah and they've seen something appear but diagnose it incorrectly yeah and so i would say you know obviously working in film and stuff and i have noticed that that films have become as you say sanitized uh, almost kind of like a propagandistic confirmation of what one would like to see or uh, uh how one should act mm-hmm. um and it's narcissistic I, too because it's like mm, whatever i see has mm. to represent me and my particular sort of like position absolutely and i think this is all to do with a disintegration of the democratic social consensus mm-hmm. in favor of liberalism and liberalism basically is that you know the, the polit- politics isn't happening on a state level it mm-hmm. is that conservatives have still been doing politics all along but the sure. i don't want to use the word left but emancipatory politics don't exist really exactly exactly and so it, within liberalism this is the whole thing of policing of ideas Within liberalism, like everybody is, quote unquote, a free agent. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, they, you can be infected by bad ideas and good ideas. 
because the free agent is uh, at the mercy of ideas. And so all you it's your responsibility to take on the good ideas and the bad ideas. Like mm-hmm. if you have proper emancipatory politics and you have like a structure that actually deals with, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm being utopian about it, but allows for, you know, this, the structure is political. As yeah. soon as it's in, it's in the aesthetics, it's not like politics isn't being done. And mm-hmm. I do think that basically, I don't know if it relates to the failure of the Soviet Union or the, just the consensus in the 70s or whatever, that capitalism was the way, like there was no alternative and that it would inevitably lead to greater equality, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And therefore, like, what's the left to do? Well, yeah. it, it disappears into kind of like morality policing and it goes into the arts, culture and business. Mm-hmm. That's pretty I good. I think that's what we see now, yeah. That's pretty good because... As soon as the baby's born, um, Luke, the, the 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 I think it was like the leader of the what is it called the Fishers or something like that. Um, well, it's this like radical activist group um, just wanted to immediately politicize the birth of the baby mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there was there there practically was no like political or emancipatory politics going on in the mm-hmm. film, like. A miracle like that, it's it ceases to be a miracle immediately and directly goes into being sort of like a political key. Absolutely. There's an interesting thing you just cu- touched on with the kind of Qu- Quentin Mayasu approach to miracles. Mm-hmm. It's like as soon as you, you interpret the miracle or yeah. rationalize it or turn it into something, for example, political, it is no longer a miracle by definition. Yeah. Like a miracle is, and that's the funny thing with like religions, it's like, Religions kind of explain miracles. If you're saying God did the miracle, then it's not a miracle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> At all, because like, well, of course, God's all powerful. So, um, yeah, no, that's really interesting. And what do you think about, well, so you're saying like the, there's a different sort of imbalance that when politics cease to exist in the realm of politics, everything becomes political, but in a way mm-hmm. that becomes sort of a deadlock. Yeah, so it's interesting. I was thinking about this whole thing of like the personal is political. And obviously someone like Jordan Peterson would say like, oh, no, I'll think again, sunshine. But like, <laughs> you know, there's an identity politics, it's not the solution. But that's, that is, he's, I think he's correct, but misdiagnoses it, you know. Because I think the personal is political is a fail, is, a, is representative of the fact that the left has failed. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's interesting because being in Northern Ireland, we have, you know, uh, right wing politics at play. Mm-hmm. all the time you know we have we have a um, a government that you know doesn't want abortion and and gay marriage and all this kind of stuff and trump etc you know it's it, of course these are symptoms and i think part of an explanation that hasn't really been addressed that much is the fact that the right continued to do politics all the way through mm-hmm. you know as in politics isn't how many women do you have on screen? How many lines are they saying? That's like completely, that's aesthetics. <laughs> you know, that's literal yeah. aesthetics. So they, you know, and the fact that we have like Alabama do repealing abortion rights and stuff, it's like, well, yeah, because they've been in power at the state level. It, and yeah. it's funny because like, if you, if you same in Northern Ireland, if you um, talk to 99% of people in the street, of course they'd be like, pro this, pro that, very, very liberally minded. Mm-hmm. But the politics don't reflect that anymore. And it's the same in the UK. You know, we have like these people like J.P. Rees-Mogg and Boris Johnson that like weirdly are these weird throwbacks that it, it seems inexplicable, but I honestly think it's because, 
the the so-called left, like the Labour Party and the Democrats, just went well in the UK and the UK, US, just abandoned politics. It's almost this end of history idea because they, you know, well, obviously capitalism ends poverty, blah 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 blah, trickle down, no 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 no, like they bought it, literally mm. bought into that. I don't know why potentially contingently the failure of the Soviet Union had something to do with it. And then, yeah, so where does where does politics go? It goes into policing morals and into aesthetics and sort of this people are using this term LARPing now, you know, what is obviously we have LARPing. Yeah, what is LARPing? So it's live action role play, you know, um, it's like in real life. You real life reenact things like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, right. So it's LARPing in politics and, you know, things like, okay, the Women's March. Absolutely. Again, with Me Too, things historically have been unfair. You know, women have historically, you know, not been um, been hampered by certain biological, political, social factors. No, 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 not to denigrate that. But it's not a march when the police are dancing with you, yeah. like carrying the same flag mm-hmm. and you don't have a set of demands. It's a festival mm-hmm. or like a, you know, a celebration <laughs> this is you know, so, to what extent it's a is it celebration like, of the status quo basically yeah of like a confirmation that it is possible for us to do this now it's not like mm-hmm. yeah a march is something else so you might say a campaign but that that's maybe what i think where people are talking about this larping idea yeah and um yeah it's just interesting that has gone into and i think this because we were gonna we were uh, gonna talk about a, a post-apocalyptic film because you know, politics is difficult and politics is thinking about a future and creating new societies. Mm-hmm. And what isn't politics? Well, aesthetics isn't politics. And yeah. it's almost a way to pretend that you're doing politics when you're not. And this is the whole thing, you know, we're talking about. So that so the so-called left went into the aesthetic realm, arts, business, etc. And the right is still doing politics. And there's almost this like libidinal lock in mm-hmm. which you have these two antagonizing actors. One, like, justifiably, like, what the fuck? Women in Alabama, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. So, you know, but it's this libidinal embrace between the two, and then the right saying, oh, these trans kids, what are we going to do? It's the end of society, you know, no. But really, what is the actual issue? <laughs> the issue is mm-hmm. the slow cancellation of the future. Mm-hmm. It's this libidinal not... Yeah. That one would rather do on some level than actually address mm-hmm. the issues and create a new future in the face of automation, climate change, overpopulation. Nah, 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 nah. Well, that's interesting that you say that because wait, just as a side note before. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was really funny that 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 woman, that reporter that did the whole thing of like, well, just like Margot Robbie has like two little lines. What's up with that? Yeah. It's like yeah. I just thought it was hilarious and ironic that Basically, what she's saying is that a woman can't act without lines, like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a woman needs lines in order to like, like, you know, like, would she be complaining if she had like the role of like a, a type of role similar to like Matt, uh, Tom Hardy on Mad Max mm-hmm. that he barely talks mm-hmm. at all. And it's just more just mm-hmm. like with the eyes or whatever. Anyway, I just mm-hmm. thought that was pretty funny. No, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But you're I was listening. Right. I was I was uh, I was reading this book on a theology and Lacan. And one of the things that they were saying is that basically the project of psychoanalysis in relation to theology is that is to return God to the symbolic. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. when he sort of like makes himself manifest in the imaginary um it it's basically just a paralyzing presence that is moralistic and and all of that so i wonder then That's if you think that i wonder then if you think that the problem really is that politics have become sort of like too present and maybe the project mm. of left this politics is to make politics invisible which i like that because yes. it, which i like that because it kind of jives with with um with Shizek's sort of proposal of uh, yeah. bureaucratic socialism which is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. or 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 you know marx's whole thing of just like you know i i uh, i wake up in the morning i have breakfast and then i read and then i fish and then oh, you, you remember that it's just like yeah. you're not just Absolutely. like a it's kind of contrary to this whole thing of like the body political and it's just mm-hmm. like you what does he say it's like i wouldn't i wouldn't want to live in a society where i just have to like every day go to like some committee or whatever and then just like we have to vote on things like that be extremely boring and that sort of creates sort of like the it brings into this into the imaginary something that belongs into the symbolic and it should it's it's a labor thing really it should i think i think you're absolutely right yeah Sorry, I cut you off at the end. No, 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 no. That's I was done. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I think that's completely correct. And um, yeah, no. And this is the funny thing because there's obviously a denigration, you know. And I'm not saying this is completely the right. The I'm not necessarily saying that the the past does not have all these terrible problems, but this whole idea of kind of, um, you know, attacking Western philosophy potentially or the idea of like, I think therefore I am is racist and all this kind of stuff. Or um, obviously that's a very marginal thing, but there are tendencies towards <laughs> yeah. that well, kind of What was shit. that? It, when I think I'm oh, racist or? Have, have I not told you about this amazing story? About no. I think uh... therefore I am is racist. Well, I don't know if I can go into it here, but like, honestly, one of the most amazing evenings of mine and my boyfriend's lives. Mm-hmm. He ended up having 18 stitches in his face, bitten by a dog, but... It all, the drama started when someone said that the statement I think the 4am is racist anyway long, wow. I'll tell you about it at a later date <laughs> I can't believe I haven't told you the story that's kind of like that racecraft thing right like if yeah, you think okay. about race Absolutely. that's racism Absolutely. no so the racecraft thing is like this is the thing you know um, obviously people are talking about there was a really good article actually written by Bernie Sanders um, press secretary um, mm-hmm. denigrating this idea of class reductionist and saying that this race reductionist is also a thing. And if you're going to say that, then this is also a thing. And obviously the two are hand in hand. And I guess, I think the racecraft argument is that um, the idea of race was created as a tool of capital Mm -hmm. to justify um, um, exploitation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, But yeah, the idea of this kind of denigration of the past, because all of these things like laws and logical arguments about philosophy and politics are this kind of symbol, bringing into like, what is philosophy, but bringing into the symbolic realm, the imaginary? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also, I think that maybe the not I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist, but mm-hmm. the sort of like hysteric obsession with racism or like call out culture mm-hmm. is precisely something that, you know, it, it's it's a shift from the symbolic. And yeah, it, yeah. it's a sort of like, I think it's like a, it's a resource of people that, that they use as a protest, but mm-hmm. essentially it just sort of like pulls it out of the symbolic even more. Do you know, and, and, and like absolutely racism exists 
absolutely sexy and it's a, of course a huge tenant but it's like what comes first capital or racism you know yeah. like what is a yeah and the other thing that's interesting i think you're right is that um you know this obsession with like almost okay we had civil rights etc and you know potentially well i also have another theory about the death of like jfk and martin luther king etc that like that was the end. and this is how it all relates i guess to and why i get so annoyed about hippies and how it all relates to um uh once upon a time in hollywood you know like that was that was the end like that you know politics mm. were going somewhere you know yeah anyway yeah. um but 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 yeah of course in this kind of imaginary aestheticism realm yeah of like no, I... of course we are going to be totally obsessed with the visual and you know, it's funny, like this faux application of so-called critical theory, like it's not critical theory when, you know, you're like using these literary analysis of like on on an actual person. It's mm. like all of that stuff is is applicable, but like you have to do the death of the author first. And I, you were saying um, earlier about like the idea of like a misogynistic character. Um, a friend uh, did a very successful art house film four or five years ago that has a misogynistic main character. But like I, the... Very few people I have ever talked to about the film will say, have not said that he, the guy himself is misogynistic because of the characters. It's like, what, what? Yeah. How yeah. about it's a, like, whose perspective are we talking about? You know, the perspective of the film is usually not the, you know, the director is the perspective of a different character, you know, yeah. it's just... No, no, that's also Amazing. just it's also just the way that you create sort of cultural history is through having mm -hmm. the, that sort of discourse in film where you're exploring certain ideas of hatred and estrangement and violence and mm -hmm. uh, discord and controversy. Like it's I, I mean, I think just the human sort of subjectivity is is based on struggle. Mm -hmm. and contradiction mm -hmm. and you need mm -hmm. contradiction in film in order mm -hmm. to be able yeah. to create history and that's yeah. maybe one of the reasons why this like after 68 or the whole hippie thing is just like uh it's and we talked about this before it's just like the, the slow cancellation of the future is the slow cancellation of struggle like once you, yeah. once you get rid of that it's yeah. just like yeah. art ceases to mean anything at yeah. all like yeah, I, I don't know yeah. if we talked about this before but it's one, I mean, I, I usually agree with Todd and most of the things that he writes, mm -hmm. but I think he said this on the episode that we did with him. And he said that he didn't really like the first Blade Runner because it had sort of like a like a rapey, like a rapey scene mm -hmm. or a rape scene. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that like, even if it's true, um, doesn't it raise interesting questions about like the worth of a replicant? and mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. does it does it mean anything that that to to rape a robot or whatever and it's mm -hmm. just like so mm -hmm. or, or does it not matter i mean this is something that's mm -hmm. sort of dealt with in in westworld in a way that is a little mm -hmm. bit more more um more silly Delicate. well oh, it's, right. just, it's just excessive yeah. it's kind of silly but yeah. um, i haven't seen westworld <laughs> yeah so i i just think that like jesus like you need bad guys yeah in, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, 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 yeah. i know like, this is the one thing i think um a lot of people, for instance, like don't like. There, there are obviously things now that are completely unacceptable. I think we talked about the the terror and the idea that like you couldn't have a colonial film now without it being like a horror film because like why the fuck? And like war film is kind of similar, but like uh, I was talking to someone about war film and I like war films for various reasons, probably conscious and unconscious. And um, 
this whole thing of mm-hmm. like it's always reaction war films are always reactionary they're always justifying imperial power it's like i i just don't think like whose perspective are you talking you know like, <laughs> on what authorities are <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm just like it, you know a, a war film and you know obviously there's the problem of humanizing imperialism or whatever but then there's like you just as much as you might humanize and if like it doesn't that like form form is an emergent of content but the trouble the thing is with 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 art is by definition it is um what's the word mm-hmm. uh ah there's a word that's like polemic like it's it's a polemic yeah. it's not answering questions it's it's questioning Mm-hmm. And certain conclusions on an aesthetic level or a narrative level might be come to, but they're from the perspective of one character in a in a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But yeah, no, it, 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 talking about, uh, going back to the film, and I really like your point about um, that hippie culture is potentially like trying to end struggle. Mm-hmm. And what needs to happen is we need to have a symbolic structure political structure social structure that allows for struggle to take place Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's interesting that the film ends with this boat and the boat is called tomorrow and by definition like a boat is just like it's like sisyphus going up upper 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 up the hill you know it's like it's pure struggle Mm -hmm. it's like ungrounded it's, it's navigating, it's going, yeah, it's going somewhere, it's, it's not it's finishing. It's radical contingency, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because it's not a promise of anything. And it's yeah. even called, like, the human project. Like, what what could be less reliable? <laughs> but, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I, I even, like... It's a like, journey, yeah. I even kind of like, like, Zizek sort of reading on it, where he's like, you know, the boat doesn't even exist. It's just, uh, oh. it's a sort of uh, an illusion like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that that they have is just like a, a hopeful mm-hmm. kind of thing but it's not even actually there oh and also and also he said kind of like it's a yeah. like it's a like it's a sperm and uh yeah. yeah i guess it's like in the water and it's a sperm that is going towards the ovary but you don't even you don't actually see it happen and i don't know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's interesting that is interesting um very uh, that male <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, actually she said something really interesting about the film about why he felt it had to be um, set in England. And he mentions that it's actually kind of interesting because I do think, well, I obviously identity politics has taken hold much more in the States. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in the States and the UK, I think both equally, but potentially more in the UK and in the US. But I put that down to the, like, the tyranny of so-called meritocracy and like when capitalism fails, like it's an inevitability of, the, you know, of, of capitalism. Well, capitalism succeeding, but failing. Exactly. Yeah. People. Um, but the UK, so he said that the, U, the England doesn't have a constitution, apparently, didn't know that. And that like our national identity yeah. is like based on its success in relation to like world domination. Mm-hmm. And that like now, because obviously, and I, I do feel this kind of like, obviously we had Brexit, but I do feel like the UK, just this listlessness, this, you know, our economy is completely ran into the ground by like relying purely on 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 banking and yeah it's like who are we this like national crisis yeah do you think it's like maybe that sort of um this is why maybe Foucault was like guilty of some some of like the liberal stuff and it's 
Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Isn't, isn't it sort of like if you sort of focus on... Because he, he wasn't interested in anything universal, right? Like, yeah. he, like yeah, his yeah, whole yeah. philosophy was just like focusing on like small struggles here and there, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the basically the particular. And mm-hmm. and that's why I think he was so interested in, in history and context. It's just like whatever you look at has like a genealogy that harkens back to something and you can see like where it comes from and mm-hmm. like isn't that sort of obsession with or that fixation with history like precisely what doesn't allow you to 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 articulate a future yeah it's interesting i mean obviously history is like so contentious now um mm-hmm. i do think it's you know that hi- obviously like history can teach you whatever bearing things in mind but like uh yeah no i i there obviously I, the other thing is like i do probably enjoy more um just because i feel like they should do better because like the people i know um you know dis dis identity politics on like from liberals but obviously identity politics is just as strong like if not more so on the conservative side mm-hmm. and the make america great again thing is obviously like a, a symptom of potentially what you're saying you know yeah but uh yeah, yeah I, i think i mean i was remembering a quote from hegel Uh, where he's talking about it's it's it actually kind of reminded me of uh, Kierkegaard. It's funny to me that Kierkegaard like didn't like Hegel, but he mm-hmm. just completely misunderstood him. And I, mm-hmm. I, for a lot of his philosophy, he was just like maybe unconsciously, but just borrowing stuff from Hegel. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's basically I don't remember the quote exactly, but he's basically saying that just like every generation sort of uh, inherits the history of the of its of his predecessors and. Mm-hmm that but it doesn't it 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 repeats it but it's not the same it's i mean this there's this dialectical sort of like uh, uh repetition mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the the present generation changes it and adds to it so maybe mm-hmm. that's the part that's missing because one of the things that mark yeah. fisher talks about and he does he does sort of a repetition of uh franco berardi uh with the slow mm-hmm. cancellation of the future and and one of the things that he talks about is just like we are we just have like not like an incredible symptom of nostalgia and that we just want mm-hmm. to relive mm-hmm. and like not reinterpret the the past but relive it and sort of like mm-hmm. reconstruct it and I don't know. He he goes a lot into just like the sort of like the barren nature of of of, of music and of film and, and the arts in general and politics as well. That there's no new radical ideas because we're so mm-hmm. obsessed with mm-hmm. just like recreating the past. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's I think that's really good. Obviously, the, so this is this is obviously kind of like a post-apocalyptic movie, and Zizek's talked a lot about this, but. You know that the, the majority of post-apocalyptic movies are kind of pre- pleasurable Armageddon. It's a deep impact because we'd rather imagine the world like disintegrating and there not being a future than like actually, yeah, engaging in creating one. And this film, you know, is 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 different in that it it addresses things different way in different ways. And also, you know, um. Uh, what do you say? What do you think about like? Do you have any takes on like the cinematography of as the, to why of the cinematography? You know the the why the why the background has such a presence and why shots go on for so long and stuff. Oh yeah. Well, just before getting into that, here I found the quote. Oh yeah, It's, uh, yeah. What one generation has brought forward as knowledge and spiritual creation, the next generation inherits. The inheritance becomes its soul, its spiritual substance, something one 
has become accustomed to, its principles, its prejudices, its riches. And since each generation has its own spiritual activity and vitality, it works upon what it has received, and the material thus worked upon becomes richer. Our position is the same, to grasp, to grasp the knowledge at hand, appropriate it, and mold it. Mm-hmm. And that's from lectures on the history of philosophy. But yeah, I just think that... Yeah, the, yeah. I, I just think that... Uh, and I have a sort of like a theory about this. Because mm-hmm. Mark Fisher was talking about sort of like the, 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 the inability to articulate new forms of music. And he was saying that mm-hmm. one of the reasons why that has happened is because of distribution, sort of like the changes in distribution of music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I thought that was kind of interesting and I kind of like the idea that like such a sterile sort of channel such as like distribution would change what it distributes. Mm-hmm. I like that it's nice it's a nice philosophical idea that you know whatever like the channel through which something mobilizes itself actually changes the product itself. Yeah, absolutely. But I do kind of think that I mean also being being sort of like close to music production, I just think that one of the problems is that there's there's an abundance of tools. I don't know if it's happened to you, for example, when you use a, a new computer or something, it's just like, there's so many options that it's mm-hmm. actually kind of detrimental to creativity. Um, and I, I, yeah. I, I, so that might like related a little bit to like uh, technological accelerationism, yeah. which is just like, because what is technology really? It's just a tool. It doesn't actually mm-hmm. inspire creativity. It's just like yeah. broadens the possibilities of how to create. So it's happened mm-hmm. to me sometimes where I just like, I don't know, I buy a new instrument, like a like a synthesizer that is like super mm-hmm. advanced. And I don't really want to use it that much because it has so many possibilities that it actually uh, kind of quiets the the its 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 creative possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think that maybe that's one of the reasons why people are so when you have i think that when you have so many possibilities to create something uh or or how to create something maybe people just kind of fearfully go back to the familiar and it's interesting yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no i i think i think i think i think i think you're right they um i do notice it in in film in terms of like the dist- the well the the way that the film is financed and the the more technology there is the more expensive it is and obviously there's this kind of thing about like the more technology it's cheaper but that's actually i don't really think it works with that because you see like the quality of stuff it just goes up and up so there's like more and more competition mm-hmm. um but yeah the, the like financial constraints do affect the you know what's made and now obviously not only do we have financial constraints as in what the audience wants we have financial constraints of the financiers and the people creating it and the organizations behind it having id political street cred and stuff like that but yeah no it's interesting with music what do you think of people like Billie eilish did she come up on youtube and stuff or did she like and what did you think she's like radical or do you think it's nostalgic stuff no, I just think that, you know, <laughs> every once in a while, there's going to be a person that uh, sort of encompasses an era, mm-hmm. but it's different from before because it's not about the content of the music. It's because of an aesthetic. And I think more yeah, Im- and I think yeah. more important than the music for Billie Eilish, it's actually her look. 
and yeah. just like yeah. that that she looks you know she wears these sweats and whatever and she looks yeah, like she just yeah. woke up or whatever so i think that aesthetically i think it's it's interesting yeah. what she's doing uh actually mm-hmm. i i a friend was telling me the other day that they went to a concert and it was like pretty amazing but um yeah. no i just think that um i don't know billy every once in a while there's going to be a sort of uh, an artist that is very punctual when it comes to mm-hmm. aesthetics mm-hmm. that is just going to come out of nowhere and i don't think mm-hmm. that we should forget that if somebody just comes out of nowhere and is incredibly successful there's probably a shit ton of money behind it i remember yeah, yeah, seeing yeah, billy yeah, eilish yeah, like yeah. uh commercials whenever i was on mm-hmm. youtube just like searching different videos she would come up and it's just like mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. incredibly expensive to get that kind of exposure yeah Uh, no, you, I, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I, you know, I've noticed this with certain things like, I think we talked about the, um, although I don't think the the latest film was as successful, the, the, the La La Land phenomenon, you know, and it, like the, absolutely, you know, what, oh, yeah. what people see is so influenced by capital. Mm-hmm. you know and yeah 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 especially when it comes you know that i find it hilarious how on youtube there's like you know like vivo it's like a conglomeration yeah. of monopolies it's hilarious it's like what is it warner uh, brothers and sony and universal um, oh, wow. but yeah i didn't know yeah that. i think this it's like the it's like the music video distribution platform for all of them We were we were with Vivo at some point, but it, the, mm. the royalties were just so shit that we just went well, back it's, to it. It's like, how can that be beneficial to the artist when it's like, this is your only option? It can work at, at some level, but again, you yeah. have to be... It's it's like, it multiplies itself. So it's, it's, yeah. it's just like banks. So like Louis C.K. has this bit about like, if you're poor, the bank will take more money away from you than, yeah, 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 than, yeah, yeah, than yeah, you yeah. have. And if you're yeah. rich, they will mm-hmm. give you money. Like yeah. I remember just yeah. like, yeah. yeah, I don't know, just like they, they'll give you money, gift cards and mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same with, uh, with royalties mm-hmm. for artists. I think that mm-hmm. when you move traffic on YouTube because your presence yeah. is so big, they give you more royalties yeah and if yeah. you and if you're struggling if you don't have that many subscribers mm-hmm. or whatever it's just like you have you you get less possible and even yeah. the fraction is, is like mm-hmm. i know it's very similar to uh my sisters are both uh involved in the fashion world and like the way it works with models it's like you actually literally pay to be a model to start you know like the people <laughs> who are yeah. you know they they have these like houses that you're kind of like a certain amount of your like you're basically these kids all put in the same house and like overcharged rent and like money's yeah. taken out of your earnings to pay for it and you have to like earn a certain amount before you even earn but then obviously the big faces of which there's like Gigi Hadid, Bella Hadid, Bloody Daddy Jagger, this that, and the other yeah yeah, yeah. it seems mm-hmm. very it sounds very similar yeah yeah the reality is quite astonishing and this is you know it is it's um uh Yeah, that just uh, distribution as a whole. I know nothing about. I don't have interest in, but I know it's important to get your work into in front of people. But it is just a whole, a whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's funny, you know, I always mm-hmm. have this um, slightly contrarian thing about you know the likes of like Virginia Woolf and stuff, and how tragic her you know suicide is and all this kind of stuff. But it's like think about how many unsuccessful <laughs> Virginia Woolfs there are who also do who write just as good work. Mm-hmm. commit suicide and die in obscurity not saying that like recognition would make you happy it wouldn't at no. all that's a complete separate issue but it it's just kind unhappy. of sobering to think yeah absolutely but it's just sobering to think that there's like probably like thousands of as good pieces of writing from thousands of people out there mm-hmm. you know 
Well, I think that never, um, never, never got read by audiences. I also think that it's just like I don't know. If you're good and you kill yourself, that's gonna it it, it doesn't immortalize you, but it does something. Like mm -hmm. it creates maybe like a veil of like wonder or like mystery mm -hmm. about you. So yeah, I think I mean yeah. it is didn't the same thing happen wow. with like Sylvia Plath? There is a theory that a lot of people have about Jim Morrison that it was deliberate. Like he got to his age, like he, he was the son of an admiral. Yeah. Like he was very like brought up in this very like military family, and like some people think that he knew exactly what he was doing, and that like his whole his whole um, you know ethos aesthetic was part of was part of a like a project, mm -hmm. and he killed himself like deliberately as part of this like very controlled contrived project yeah. So. <laughs> yeah i think they used to say the same thing about jeff buckley or maybe it was oh, right i don't know if it was jeff buckley or nick drake but uh mm -hmm. yeah that he just kind of like he, that he killed himself that it wasn't an accident or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. who knows <laughs> who knows um i was gonna say there's there's a few i've written like a few quite a lot of notes but i'm sure we can like if we don't, if we don't get to everything, we'll we'll pick another film and talk about exactly the same things. Um, <laughs> but I was just going to say about like the the shot choices. Oh, yeah. I think Zizek made a point about because obviously you know um, the these films are like known for the lingering takes, these kind of like mm -hmm. five minute takes, these scenes all in one take, and that the world as such is depicted. Yeah, that there's as much going on in the background as there is in yeah. the foreground in the foreground yeah and obviously mm -hmm. you know there's that kind of like grounds it it makes it more uh you know um compelling in terms of this kind of like all-encompassing horrific world that the character's in it's more convincing but yeah. um yeah Zizek had a, a slightly different point which is he calls it an anamorphosis mm -hmm. if you look at the thing di too directly you don't see it mm -hmm. so you can see it in an oblique way if it remains in the background so it's like it's there in the background. In the you know, if it wasn't there at all, of, you would see. Yeah. But it's almost you see it more through the prism of the main character. So mm -hmm. you kind of like, you don't not see it. It's not not shown. It's yeah. there, but you see it more in relation to how the main character, you know, yeah. kind of subjectivizes it and makes it more real. And it's true, you know, like if you see something too much, and I think this is a, yeah, we can't, we, you can't, you can't really look at the abyss. You know, we're talking about the slow cancellation of the future. It's like you can't actually see it. <laughs> yeah. So um, almost in order to show it to us, it's like better to do it obliquely. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of, you know what that reminds me actually, the the style of the of the shoot, it reminds me of mm -hmm. like some of uh, Robert Altman's movies. I don't know if you've seen mm -hmm. them, like, like Nashville and... Um, was another one the uh like mash and uh mccabe and mrs miller like he has this mm -hmm. thing of just like it's difficult to to take out of everything that's going on in the shot and mm -hmm. specifically like the sound it's just like mm -hmm. you can hear sort of like a primary sort of conversation but it's mm -hmm. like adorned through this like chaotic sort of background uh, yeah but i thought that i thought that maybe what what Shizek was saying is that like it's sort of like an it, it it's it's sort of an ordinary story but mm. because of the background it's sort of like it gives it meaning yeah right yeah that's very true that's true yeah 
Um, no, I just thought that that was interesting. That and and yeah, it happens. It's, it happens in the same way in in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I think that there's like this. Um, there's this death at the end that that is like it 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 gives meaning to the whole movie, but mm. it happens in this like such chaotic way and in in sort of like in 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 the background that it it retroactively makes the the foreground important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. But I thought yeah, it was that's like very true. I, I I like Guaron, but I think that mm-hmm. him maybe a little bit Terrence Malick, like they just mm-hmm. like you know they they rest a lot on on incredible like sound design and incredible cinematography and have mm-hmm. you have you liked mm-hmm. like his stuff? I didn't really like Roma that much. Uh, I thought no, Birdman I, was I, pretty I, good I, actually. I did, yeah, I didn't finish Birdman. I saw it on a plane and I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't. Like I felt like I would have to invest too much in watching it. So I know people do like it. Is it well? I know some people who don't like it, but when I was watching it, I was like, I'm not interested at this moment in making the effort to watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and obviously, yeah, the whole package within in film is all these different elements. I mean, I um, I actually was watching the trailer to To the Wonder this morning and cried. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So like, that's the Ben I mean, Affleck. That was, that was the, uh, yeah, that Adams. was the last Terrence Malick film that I really liked. But um, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, you know, the kind of thing now. I think he just does these more like uh, sort of poems and sort of maybe if they're seen. I haven't watched them without the desire to be entertained. So I feel like mm-hmm. maybe I'm not like judging it correctly. But yeah, you definitely have to be in the mood. But I, I have obviously heard not like great things about Night of Cups and Song to Song and the latest one. It, well, the latest one is like did well at can. It's about the not like the guy who's against the Nazis. So maybe he's grounding it in story again. Oh but yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I heard like Christopher Plummer was just like I'll never work with him again. Yeah. Like, he was yeah, pretty yeah, candid yeah. He's and was just like big time. Yeah. Doesn't he like he's cut on some like actors characters. round table? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. <laughs> doesn't yeah. doesn't um doesn't he cut characters out of movies like without saying yeah, anything? Yeah. Well, it's funny because the Christopher Plummer thing. He was saying like, oh, Terrence Malick like overwrites. He writes and writes and writes until like the lines. I think I could be misquoting, but like the lines become so pretentious because they're so like laden with meaning. But it's almost like I thought he didn't write. Like I thought the whole point was that he just kind of like. Yeah. It was more like improvise, and then it's like because mm-hmm. obviously, usually in terms of the financials of film and like the pressures of time, yeah, it's like film poetry. Yeah, yeah. So, I just as a quick aside in that same interview, do you remember mm-hmm. that they were talking about how well somebody said that that acting was like very hard work, mm-hmm. and then George Clooney was like, "No, it's not hard work." And he was like, I've done hard work. I've been in the mines and I've done like, mm-hmm. like I've done like mining work and stuff. And like, that's mm-hmm. hard work. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? That like labor in, in Hollywood? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to um, speak for. <laughs> What's so, that? I will. I've obviously had loads of conversations with loads of different people about this. So I don't want to, I don't want to like, I feel yeah. like if I say something, people will know what I'm saying. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> uh-huh. um, but you know, I think, um, well, I think nice lots of people are different. Yeah, it definitely has. Not, and obviously there's a lot of like the sacrifices in the loads and loads of people trying to do it. And I think there's a lot of, you know, skill and, you know, and obviously mm-hmm. it depends on what school you come from. If you're doing the whole completely immersive Daniel Day-Lewis thing or not, yeah. you know, and it, yeah. Yeah, it depends. Also, you know, like a lot of people, you know, okay. 
I just, the term is wrong, so I won't use it, but people obviously within capitalism make all kinds of work for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know. I, I can see where George Clooney is coming from, let's just say. Um, yeah. And obviously I think there is a tendency in, um, and also, you know, like at the end of the day, we are all human beings with a similar, like generally similar amount of energy and the same number of hours in the day. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I think that the very high wages come for certain people come from the sacrifice of the millions of others who get nothing yeah Um, but that's not particular to Hollywood no no it's not it's not but it is Mm. just like part of acting and I think acting in particular is like um, yeah yeah yeah, a lot of industries but yeah I think I think mining would be a lot more physically tiring certainly <laughs> obviously one has the pressures of being famous if one is famous which isn't very nice so yeah i mean also i just like i don't i don't like the sort of romanticization of uh of physical labor mm-hmm. because there's there's a lot of work that is like very strenuous for the mind or mm-hmm. for emotions yeah, for example yeah, I and i think that's yeah, just as yeah. it's just as tiring yeah. and i i'm mm-hmm. not sure that like there should be like discord between like people at work in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think, and it obviously, uh, um, it, one configuration of a bit, you know, one potential configuration is where one earns equally and one, you know, yeah. everything's valued the same. Um, yeah, no, but I think, I think you're right. Like thinking, I find with writing, like it's very, if I do too much physical stuff, I can't write. Mm-hmm. Because writing requires so much like mental energy, which yeah, yeah. is very exhausting. It's funny talking to Peter. Peter was doing a podcast um, with Elliot Morgan the other day. They do this fundamentalist one. They were talking about. He was talking about thinking in terms of like exercise, and that um, you know people don't really see reading, for example, as a as a workout. Like obviously, you, when you do a workout, you push yourself in order to improve. But for some reason, with thinking, we're kind of like very accepting of like not not thinking of thinking as like a skill or like something to hone or something to get better at or something that's good to get better at mm-hmm. <laughs> hippies um <laughs> so so yeah no his whole point is like he thinks people should read beyond their capability because obviously most people well this potentially is generalization like read to confirm read stuff they mm-hmm. already know read stuff that's at their level and obviously people read to relax you know and his so you can have a, part of his work so you can have a swole brain <laughs> well so yeah so he's like he will be like no no reads yeah, yeah, yeah. two mm-hmm. pages and then is tired and it yeah. like it's like tiring and it's true it's like if you read hegel or something it's like tired mm-hmm. or i like can't it's like very tiring mm-hmm. but i also i just freaking love the thing of like well don't love but when people like don't understand something and then it's like therefore it's wrong you know it's like oh yeah no yeah and because that's the thing is if you think like thinking and reading is like being a marathon runner you know, it's like you mm-hmm. wouldn't be like, I can't run a marathon, therefore, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's like a, it's like you can build up resistance when it comes to complexity. Uh, yeah, I think To so. reading stuff. I it's like, so. so the more that you expose yourself to complexity and complex thought mm-hmm. or dialectical thinking, mm-hmm. uh, that is going to have an effect on your life. And yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is the thing. It's like, I think thinking has much more not to be too utilitarian about it, but like an actual humanistic value, you know? Yeah. That also kind of sucks. Well, I mean, what do you, what do you think about uh, maybe like closing remarks with this is like, but what do you think about the effect that technology has had on this sort of like this, uh, uh, what should I call it? Like, this is like the void of the future or the, mm. this, 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 
inability to articulate a future. Do you think that it it's actually had like an obverse effect or it makes it even harder? Well, this is the funny thing because like, uh, you know, people, you can, you can like listen to podcasts and have easy access to like intellectual work online and stuff like that. But I actually really like your idea about the imaginary things being in the, the imaginary. And I think there's like a real anxiety that comes along with things not being in the symbolic realm. Like mm-hmm. this floating, you know, is is anxiety producing. Yeah, it's And excess. I think, yeah, it, it, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like a lot of lack of satisfaction that comes with it. Like there's a real satisfaction to like concretizing and understanding. And I think... Well, because the, the big other like, sort of like doesn't allow you to to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And the irony is it's like if you could enjoy, then like that's potentially the end of capitalism, you know. Yeah. If you can actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's anxiety producing, like everything in the Everything is this like floating possibility. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about is um, like discourse, like this proliferation of voices. Doug Lane talked about this in the latest uh, Zero books. I think it's having a dig at like um, this proliferation of people who are like demi-educated with a platform. (laughs) Ha ha, like us maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, like as in, obviously I'm not talking about getting rid of antagonism and different perspectives, but there's a, yeah, like this... For instance, I think like the idea of like a floating signifier is mm-hmm. an interesting one today because like people, you see this in the, the, like the democratic debates and stuff, and all these candidates using language that does that means different things to mean to different people and therefore means nothing. Yeah, you know, and I think there's like kind of um, because of this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is, but yeah. Hey, oh yeah. Uh, well, just closer remarks. Like uh, I was gonna say that. Um, we had somebody put a review on iTunes, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, were you gonna were you gonna say something else? Actually, so I just re- I just read a note of mine and then like I was like, oh, but yeah, sorry, go on, sorry. sorry, sorry. No, no, no. If you want, do the do the point and then we'll. we'll were you were you gonna say we should talk about the Green Ray? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna, that's what yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, it's an excellent film. It's I excellent. haven't seen it, so I'll have to watch it. Maybe we'll do so that. Whoever recommended it, like, good one. No, I was gonna say like the lack of fertility. You know, you're talking about imagination it's like potentially the lack of fertility is the lack of the imagination you know mm. well, that's pretty so good. that's maybe what like sets it aside from other post-apocalyptic films you know it's like yeah. really addressing this question of addressing the future yeah rather than just a pure obliteration of the future mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah the fertility is potentially this like there's obviously a few future future element to it and oh sorry and i have this other <laughs> point <laughs> which is about the hippie guy uh-huh. <laughs> oh um, michael kane yeah 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 but like uh i can't remember what i was gonna say but like yeah the, I, the hippie thing is like this is whole like that's a whole aestheticization of mm-hmm. politics i can't re- yeah yeah i can't I, I can't remember my point i have notes i should probably read them <laughs> um yeah but like i think it's i think it's just interesting that the guy is like a hippie guy you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a pothead or something. Yeah, yeah. Long yeah. hair. No, 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 no. Uh, well, anyway. um, yeah, I was going to say that also if if you like the podcast and you're like interested in us talking about a specific film, um, make sure to drop us a comment on 
on SoundCloud or you can leave a review on iTunes. Even if you don't have uh, a recommendation for us to talk about anything in specific, just uh, you know, leave us a review. Like that really helps with traffic and so that more people can listen to it. Even though we 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 don't really care about. No, I'm just kidding. Well, maybe we do. We won't tell. What like subscribe? <laughs> yeah, like subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and it is yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, because we we this is like I kind of like the way that we do this is completely ad hoc. It's like completely uncapitalized upon. Mm-hmm. It's pure enjoyment. It's pure like yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> But yeah, uh, oh, you know, it, it, it's. I think that it would be cool for us to engage a little bit more closely with whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys, whatever you guys want to yeah, hear about. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, should we cut Absolutely. it there? Absolutely. Oh well, I was just, I was just gonna say uh, one closing thing. Okay. About uh, the oneness and the hippie. Just, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know it's like when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I think we should do like a separate uh, episode on it. Definitely. They sing this yeah. song about like being with the one, being with the one, being with the one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the irony is it's like the oneness is death. Mm-hmm. So all this stu- <laughs> So all this stuff, like, so yeah, being at one with mother nature, haha, mother, like returning to the womb before you were born, you were dead, you know, you oh, yeah, didn't yeah. exist. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing about like getting rid of, struggle uni- like struggle is what life is yeah that is life that's it and <laughs> the one sort of like completely re- like cancels that exactly yeah um and i don't know why i was going to say that in relation to the hippie but i don't really know how that relates to but you know i think that just in terms of the end of children of men mm-hmm. why is it children of men not children of women i don't know <laughs> feminist question no um but you know i think it's just interesting that it's like the boat and that that's the last line of the great gatsby like we are the people rowing on the boat no 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 i can't remember the exact line but yeah. it's like against the waves like that's life yeah that's pretty the good boat. love it okay yeah okay uh thanks for listening and yeah. uh until next uh, time until next time all right Bye.